Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Whether podcaster or politician, those in the upper echelon tend to be better communicators. Here's an unlikely tip you can implement to tighten up your show senator style. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Podcasters can get a little rambly. Diving down various tangents and talking at length when we wish they would not. Now, some equate podcasters that do that, us, them, to politicians. But I don't think that's a fair comparison. I spent a lot of time watching C-SPAN last week. Likely more time than I have ever spent watching C-SPAN in the past. And we're setting politics aside for this particular episode. Because there was one thing I noticed when I was watching all of the senators speaking, as well as the House, but let's stay focused on the Senate. One of the things that I noticed was that senators are really, really great orators. Like almost every single one of them. And and even the bad ones, they were actually pretty good. Now, the particular bit I was watching were five-minute Mm, I'll I'll call them discussions, although they were the five-minute monologues. Each side got to go, the left and the right, and each senator had five minutes or sometimes four minutes or whatever their timing was to deliver a point. So the five minutes or the four minutes, they had to talk. They, they, They nailed it. I mean, they just nailed those talks. And remember, they were talking for five minutes about something that they knew they were going to talk about previously, but two hours before that, they had been under siege, like freaking out, panicked for their lives. And now just a couple of hours later, here they are giving impassioned but constrained five minute or less talks about a topic. Did they have time to prepare? Well, remember, they were just under siege. So I guess maybe they had some time to prepare. I guess they might have had some assistance with speechwriters. But still, even so, they were able to adjust their message and address what had just happened and still push out the message they wanted to push out. And and they delivered it with a plum, a plum, a a, a plum, however you pronounce that word, a plum, I think is how we say that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you, podcasters, only do five-minute-long episodes. Although, if you can get your episode done in five minutes, why are you talking any longer than that? Anyhow. But I do think the lesson that you might learn from here is incorporating a chunk of that conciseness into each of your episodes. And I think this technique would work for just about any podcasts, some some easier than others. Like, let's take an interview show. I was interviewed yesterday for a show that'll be out 
I don't know, in a week or so. And we talked for about 50 minutes, and that podcast is going to edit it down to a 45-minute long chunk because there were some times that we rambled. Again, we're not going to boil that whole thing down to five minutes. However, you can take that 45-minute tightly edited interview, if that's what you have, and then you likely have either a pre-interview section or a post-interview section where you, the host, are talking to the audience. That's a great place to do that five minutes or less of conciseness, summarizing the angle, or maybe, if it's at the end, reframing the key takeaways that came out of the interview. That's important stuff. People will like it when you do that. If you do a monologue show like this is a monologue show, of course, that should already start being super tight. And if it's not starting super tight from the way you always do it, then actually start that episode with something that is tight, that is not rambling. And then if you need to go on various tangents later on in your episode, you can do that. But start the episode really strong. If you're doing educational episodes or how-to various things, I think it's the same as, as the monologue show. Start that super tight intro. Start with a super tight intro. Make that the hook. The hook is always important. It keeps people in. It doesn't have to be five minutes. It can be probably 30 seconds, but whatever the time frame is, spoil it for us. Tell us what we're going to get. Make sure that is super tight and you can deliver it really well. Now, this is a lot trickier in podcast fiction or more of the journalistic deep dives, but I think it's doable, especially if you're doing multiple episodes. You could incorporate this idea of conciseness into, well, what we used to call the story so far back in the podcast fiction world, where you kind of summarize where we're at in the story or if it is, you know, you're doing true crime or some deep investigating where you're at in the investigation thus far, nice and tight to begin with. Very helpful. Or if you can do it well enough, and, and this is going to be tricky, you might be able to create a closing bit that is worth not skipping. Most people skip through the credits of movies, right? But you know how Marvel puts the cool things at the end? I've also seen other shows, uh, some television shows I watch on Netflix. They're doing cool things with the credit to keep you listening through the credits because that's entertaining. Can you do that? Can you make a super tight segment so that even if you went all over the place with your investigation, you can tighten it up at the end and get them too excited or get us excited about staying around? Maybe. Look, regardless of what you try, try it. <laughs> That's really the message here. Embrace or perhaps re-embrace, or if you don't do that, perhaps build your own skills as an orator. It's easy enough to sit behind a microphone and talk. Can you sit behind the microphone and talk on point for a short amount of time. That's tricky. You also might think it's going to sound weird for your existing audience if you put this new, weird, pre-produced, highly produced thing in front of your content. And you're right. It will sound different to your audience, to your existing audience, but they're probably not going anywhere. They're your audience. And I assure you, new listeners will really appreciate your ability to orate concisely at the beginning, or perhaps at the end, but try at the beginning of your program. That will hook them in. I promise it's going to happen. Now, I have a special request for you. For those of you who are active on this new thing called Clubhouse, although it's not all that new, it's getting a lot more popularity in recent weeks as it's going up. Uh, if you're active on Clubhouse, just hit me up. 
You can follow if you're on Clubhouse, that's fine. Follow me over there. I'm I'm at Evoterra, like almost everything else. Twitter always works at Evoterra. Or you can email me Evo at Simpler Media. No, no. Evo at Simpler dot media. <laughs> Make sure I say it properly. I have an experiment in mind. And I want to see how many of the podcast pontification listeners may want to participate in that. So again, if you're active on Clubhouse. Get in touch with me. Uh, we'll see what we can get done. And lastly, of course, tell a friend about podcast pontifications, working on things. And in fact, this thing for Clubhouse is going to work for the podcasters in the middle. Those of us who are doing this as our working job, but we'd like to do more, like to do better. That's the whole message here, or the whole mission here of podcast pontification. So again, if you know a working podcaster who needs to hear these messages, by all means, please tell them about podcast pontifications. That's it. See you tomorrow for another podcast, Pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.CO has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.